Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. Um, my guest today is Grant Geiger. He's the CEO and uh, co-founder of Air Healthcare, uh, spelled E-I-R. So Grant, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Doing well. How about yourself? Doing good. Yeah. Tell me about the, you know, the new project I see or a project called MedModular. Tell me about that project and the uh, you know, a little bit about Air Healthcare in general. What's the premise of the company? Yeah, perfect. Absolutely. So, you know, Air Healthcare was founded um, as a technology company, and, and our focus is around what we call the intersection between the clinical IT and infrastructure IT. All the developments that have happened in the software space for the healthcare industry, we operate at that, that intersection of that. And then what's going on, we believe, in the real estate or construction space for healthcare. Uh, and what we what we sort of find is that at Air Healthcare, there's a focus on what is the platform of, upon which patients and clinicians and folks are getting together to treat people. Uh, what's the technology that's being used to do that? Uh, and 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 what's the infrastructure behind it? And how do we provide products and solutions uh, to address you know that need today? Um, and so that's our focus as a company. And uh, with that, we've launched MedModular, which is a patient room, uh, which we've designed and, and built over the past. I guess it was a, it's an R&D project now. It's been about two years or so in the making. And with MedModular, we're building a patient room in under 30 days, delivering it on site to, to a construction site. Uh, and we're delivering a patient room that's fully turnkey. You know, we like to say 90% complete. Uh, the only thing we're not putting in them is the patient bed. Uh, if you will, but we're we're handing over a room um, right to the client that they can then install or insert into the uh, the uh, structure, the the general structure of the building, and and get that facility up, open, and running sooner. So. Well, where's the uh, the lack right now, or the criticism of current uh, you know locations where patients are treated? What do they not like about them that they want changed? Well, I think there's a there's a couple of factors. I mean, I think. Um, from, a, from a very uh, foundational perspective, what we see is that a lot of folks are saying that the infrastructure, the building is, is out of date. Um, I think we've had a change in healthcare as well, where it's turned to a consumer um, hospitality almost type focus. So I think what patients are asking for has changed dramatically. Um, you know, we look at some of the publicly traded uh, health systems out there uh, and some of their facilities. I think the, the average age we looked at, uh, this was a few years ago, but the average age of some of their, their inpatient, uh, you know, uh, hospitals was, was over 40 years old. Um, and so there's a change there. Um, the patients are asking for it. And then in addition to it, uh, there's a whole reimbursement and uh, financial perspective to this, which is all tied to patient experience and patient satisfaction, uh, because the scores that a patient gives a hospital upon discharge um, can affect the, uh, the the financials of the business. And so there's a financial incentive, we think, for uh, hospitals and health systems to to change and improve their infrastructure. So, Well, any specifics on, uh, you know, some, 
you know, a few changes that you think would have a big impact? Um, yeah, I mean, I think what what we see is, uh, you know, I, I look at a, a, actually a partner that we that we work with. Um, we have a technology in, in our room um, that uses uh, static uh, LED screens um, that can be installed in our room um, as a component right out of the box. And they did clinical studies that showed that their screens, which are LED high quality, uh, that they actually improve uh, post-operative uh, recovery times and reduce the amount of time that patients um, will spend in that bed and will spend in that room and get them out the door sooner. Uh, hmm. So what we see is that the technology is changing faster, just like in the example I gave, something like that is only a recent uh, product and a recent company, but the technology is changing faster than you can open up the facility. Uh, and so in many cases, you know, we, we've looked at and profiled projects uh, done in New York with NYU. We've looked at projects done uh, out in California with uh, Stanford. And it's taking six, seven, eight, sometimes up to 10 years to get these facilities open. But the technology is changing faster than they can open the buildings. And so healthcare really operates at a very interesting point because the infrastructure to support a hospital, the clinical software, the, the building technology and so forth, all those needs are completely different than what you need to do in, say, you know, a commercial building, uh, you know, an office space or a school. Um, it's not the same level of, of uh, technology. All right. What other metrics would you like to improve about the patient experience? You know, getting them out of the hospital earlier is really great. Uh, any other areas that really need the most help? Um, I think it's, it's, it's around getting them out. Uh, sooner, and but also getting them out healthier, um, and 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 being able to to monitor the patient in 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 a uh, in, in a good way. I mean, I think um, we take a look at what kind of technologies can we put in the room. Um, for example, you talk about hospital acquired infections and falls, so falls from you know patients falling out of the bed, for example, or falling uh, coming out of the shower. So we look at that and say, okay, what can we do in the design of our room um, so we can prevent those things? You know, if the two, if two of the biggest factors are hospital-acquired infections and falls, what's our answer to that, right? And so our answer is, okay, well, we are creating a patient room that is the floor that is actually uh, completely seamless, uh, has its curves, it doesn't have any, it has rounded edges, it, there's no sharp corners. Uh, there's no opportunity for bacteria or mold to grow because it's a seamless design of that floor. Same thing with the materials. You know, we've partnered with DuPont and have Corian throughout the room um, on a lot of the, and there's other uh, obviously products in that space as well, but we, we look at it and say, how do we reduce the chance of that patient, you know, getting infected? Okay, well, let's use special materials that are pre-treated, you know, to reduce mm. uh, infection. Um, if we're talking about falls, which I mentioned earlier, okay, what can we do? We call that human factors engineering, but what can we do to engineer a better room? So we have a complete ADA accessible bathroom, shower, uh, and so forth, all in one, one, you know, space that has no steps. It's completely walked through the door actually slides away. So you're not. Uh, in a situation where, you know, sometimes you have patients and they're trying to open up a heavy door to try to get in and out of the room or in and out of the bathroom. Um, 
so a lot of it is just sitting down and trying to figure out, you know, what's the problem and, and what kind of a technology can we present that makes it a better experience. So what would you consider um, some of the top problems that you've, you know, you've, you've found through your research? So we, we, we talked about two of them already, which is the hospital acquired affections and, and then the falls. Um, the other one that we, we are trying to focus on as well is the time spent. And this, this is a little bit of a harder one, I think, to qualify, but the overall experience or time in the room is an area that we're very interested in. How do we um, create a, as, as much as we can, because it is a hospital, right, at the end of the day, but how do we try to create a, a warm or welcoming experience? How do we make it feel like we are accommodating a patient? Um, we're not using fluorescent bright lighting. We're actually using lighting that's tied to circadian rhythm. So the lightness of the room, and it first of all appears to be almost natural. It's hard to, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference, but it also will follow circadian rhythm and lighten and darken based on the time of the day. Um, we looked at the window, the external window that goes to the outside and with some of our partners, we put in a smart glass, which will dim and reflect based on the position of the sun. Um, we've used specific panels in the walls to help with sound dampening to make it quieter so you don't have loud noise coming in from the hallway and so forth. Um, mm. So all, all of those different pieces, they all sort of, I would say, bundle into patient experience. And then from there, obviously, you can drill down into a bunch of different categories. Uh, but between hospital required infection falls and experience, those are really the the three that we're very interested in. Well, what are the hospitals interested in versus resistant to? You know, I'm sure you've spoken to them and said, yeah, we could do these 25 things, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Are, they, are they on board or what do they complain yeah, about costs yeah. or what do they do? No, that's a good question. I mean, they do, uh, they certainly do complain about costs. Um, I think with the patient experience piece of it, um, I mean, look, I think the healthcare industry uh, and, and the hospital space, there's always, it's already well documented. There's tons of data. There's a lot of metrics uh, that are collected. I can tell you how many patients come in a day, how long they stay, you know, uh, when do they discharge, what that process like. Everything is documented and highly controlled. So I think that, you know, in our experience, when we come in with something like a design product, you know, essentially, if we're talking about patient rooms, um, they they want to see more evidence and more things to support the patient experience piece because they, they look at that and say really interesting where do you how do you back that up you know what 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 can you show me that will really move the needle for me you know and, and so like when we talk about the uh the uh our partners it's, it's called sky factory when we, when we talk about the sky factory wall that we have in our room you know we point to the data from their study that they did with Stanford. um so the pushback is everything has to be uh, validated. We're happy. We will spend the money if we, if you can prove that it works. But otherwise, we're we're always looking to drive down costs. I think is what we always hear. Uh, but at the same time, I can tell you, I think people have become over the last few years more and more open to the types of conversations we're having because they realize how important it is that the patient, um, you know, aspect does change things. So patient experience. Mm. Um, you have plans to roll out. Any of these changes to uh, test hospitals? Like, you know, where are you at in the process? You'd say. 
to, I'm sorry, did you say to what hospitals? I missed this. Oh, to test, to test locations, you know, is this, oh, okay. is this currently in, in various locations or what stage is it at? Yeah, so no, we, we, uh, we have launched the product um, and it is, is available for the market. Um, we are actually actively bidding um, on projects um, right now, um, some in Florida uh, and elsewhere um, here in the U.S. Um, and uh, we've actually started to also jump into other areas within healthcare. So we've been talking to a few clients that we are working with uh, on the lab space. Uh, which is a, a whole other part of healthcare, uh, but also sensitive to price and quality and so forth, just like uh, just like hospitals are. Um, and mm-hmm. so we're gonna we're gonna build out that practice, you know, over the next year or two. Um, but no uh, no test hospitals yet. Um, we we think that the test hospital for us will really come through in what's been a trend in the last couple of years, which is with micro hospitals. You know, so we we we. We see an opportunity. We've actively bid on a number of projects for small uh, ten bed. I've uh, seen some as small as six, which is is interesting. But small, I think, what probably were previously called critical access hospitals, uh, the same type of concept. Um, that those those will most likely be our our test or our pilot um, buildings, if you will, and we should have some of them shortly. Okay. Any uh, really ambitious changes you'd like to make that you know may be difficult to get done, but you still like to do them? I think for healthcare, I mean, you know, there's, you know, healthcare is the largest, uh, you know, driver of GDP in this country. I think we have some of the, the smartest people in this country working on healthcare, um, and a lot of them um, are all focusing on. And we've had so many great changes in the in the, in the clinical side, in and also in drug development um, and in clinical care. What I think, and in, in my ambitious sort of goal, if you will, is to to find. Uh, what that new platform is for the delivery of care. Um, and I'm not talking about the software side of it, um, but I think in terms of where we're headed with advances in telemedicine, where we're headed in um, the insurance and reimbursement side, you know, I, I think personally that the platform um, of healthcare, the, this, the sort of traditional general hospital, you know, where you would go for everything from, uh, you know, cancer treatments to, uh, you know, a broken leg is changing and we definitely see it right in front of our eyes. And so my question and, and my challenge is to try to figure out what that future hospital is going to look like um, and how do we affect that change? You know, what's the technology that's used to build it? How do we build it better? Um, and how do we build a, a something that people are, you know, feeling comfortable going to, you know, and, and it's not a, it's try to make the experience less traumatic than it already is because it's always it's always a difficult experience but there's definitely things we can do to make it better so that's my challenge well what do you think the hospitals of the future will be like you know will they be just a little bit different or are they going to be 99 percent the same for the foreseeable future i mean where do you see this think, going yeah that's a very good question i think you know here's what we here's what we see today so with the exception of academic medical centers and, and large uh you know the large players uh, the example of the, you know, 700 bed hospital is for the most part going away. There are, of course, examples of where that still happens. You know, I can point to, uh, in Philadelphia, I think it's, uh, University of, of, of Pennsylvania, um, is, is building currently a 700 bed tower. Um, so those still occur, but at the same time, 
what we're seeing is, is that there's there's massive consolidation in the industry. The 700 bed model doesn't necessarily work unless you have some sort of academic piece behind it. And what we see with population health management and what's happening on the software side is we're going to end up in a position, I think, in the not too distant future where instead of having 700 beds, you're going to have maybe 70 beds um, or 50 beds. You're going to have smaller facilities that are targeted to the clinical care or the need that's that's required. Um, and you, you already see this in some cases, but there's going to be hospitals for cancer care already exists, but it's going to continue. There's going to be hospitals dedicated for orthopedics. Again, does exist on some levels, but that will continue. But I think there'll be continue to be this um, diversification in the infrastructure and then the technology of how it's delivered. So the old brick and mortar, um, you know, sort of, you know, I think a lot of the old hospitals of the 20th century, you know, early 20th century were sort of, you know, they, they had the bunker feel, you know, like large, you know, brick and mortar, concrete, you know, really serious looking type facilities. I think it's going to change into something smaller, more nimble, more friendly. Um, and that all goes to the changes in, in, in the healthcare space and, and this population health management of let's take care of the most sickest people in the country with the, the, the uh, I would say, the most specialized environment that we can give them, you know, and, and increase their mm-hmm. chances of recovery as opposed to trying to recover or trying to treat everybody all at the same time. Right, because that that obviously hasn't that hasn't worked uh, as well uh, as we thought it would. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, any pilots coming up? Any hospitals that uh, you know in the near future are going to be uh, utilizing some of the changes you're working on, or is it uh, like what's the the timeline you'd guess? Yeah, so for us, our timeline is you know we're having a um, formal launch event uh, at our showroom, which is located in Philadelphia. So we're having uh, a launch event for, for our product in September. And then uh, we are attending a group of uh, trade shows and, and events. So, um, you know, in October, we were, we've been invited to uh, to a conference um, in Florida to talk about 20 health systems, it's a, a private event that we were invited to, uh, and talk about what we're doing on our side. And then we're going to, you know, things like a healthcare design conference and expo, which is in Phoenix uh, in November. We'll be there with a booth. And so we have a product launch and rollout plan uh, through the rest of this year. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, you know, we are actively bidding on uh, a few projects as well. And overall in the industry, we think, you know, we do see examples of where this type of technology is being used and starting to move in this direction. Um, I know of a number of health systems in New York and, and Pennsylvania uh, that have used modular uh, bathroom pods. So the entire bathroom built in a factory, uh, which is interesting. Obviously, we're taking that concept a lot further. We're, we're building the whole room. Um, but I think you'll you'll see uh, more and more of this type of technology being used over the next couple of years as as, as it's proven um, and you know brings brings a uh, a good experience to to all the users. So. Any innovations that uh, you know you'd love to see happen, but you know may take a while or you know have other barriers? Yeah, absolutely. I think you know what I, I when we started this conversation, we talked about how we we try to operate at that intersection of the technology and then the, the physical infrastructure. Um, you know, I think that there's so much going on with uh, personal health, personal health platforms, telemedicine, and so forth. You know, I don't think we've gotten to a point yet that has 
that has made it um, go full, like, you know, mainstream. Um, but if you take a look at what's been done and the way technology has improved for video conferencing, you take a look at what you can download on your phone now and you can have, you know, concierge, uh, you know, doctor service to your apartment or your house, have someone take a look at your kids and see if they have a cold or a flu so you don't have to take them to, you know, the doctor's office. There's a lot of, of things happening around the personal care space. And then we think that will affect a lot in the inpatient experience too. I mean, we, we are playing with some uh, telehealth technologies in our room, um, but I just don't think to go full circle that technology is there yet where you can have, you know, visitation, diagnosis, treatment, and recovery all, let's say, electronically. You know, that hasn't quite happened yet, um, but I think we're going to get there. It's going to take, you know, maybe a little bit longer, um, mm-hmm. but the pieces are there individually, and, and now it's going to be interesting to see how you can put all that together and create a uh, experience. Okay, well, very good. So what's the best way for, uh, you know, people to get in touch and, uh, you know, any resources you can provide, you know, website, phone, email, anything like that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, no, Rich, I, the best way for, for folks to get in touch with us is, is through our website. So that's uh, www.eirhealthcare.com. Um, so that's, that should be uh, the best place to start. And then, um, you know, I can certainly share uh, some additional information to go with the, uh, to go with this podcast. Um, and be more than happy to take any, any questions. Um, from there because you can you can reach us on our website and, and all of our contact information is available okay well very good well, i appreciate you coming on the podcast thank you for having me Rick. you've been listening to almost here around the corner future technology podcast with richard jacobs subscribe to this podcast post a review to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse such as bitcoin artificial intelligence 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.